Well, it's been said that fear is the cheapest room in the house. I'm going to show you how to move to a better room in your own house in this short Christmas edition of 48 Days Podcast. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. You know, I've been using that intro to the 48 Days Podcast for a very long time. And I know that sometimes people just rotate through and have everything new and different. You know, I still like that. I just sent in my licensing agreement to Sony for the next year, 2021, for use of that song, Taking Care of Business, the old Bachman Turner Overdrive song. Still kind of like it, still rings an air of familiarity when walking through a mall and I hear that song come on, I immediately think of my podcast. So unless I get a strong reason to do otherwise, I'm going to continue using it. Just enjoy having that be kind of the slogan for the 48 Days Podcast, taking care of business. Well, we're going to talk about business, but a little bit expanded version of that in today's short version of the podcast, where I want to talk about just some of the issues that we are dealing with here at the end of the year. Not really work-related, but just more human-related, life-related questions that we get, like, how can I reduce fear in my life? I wish people around me were kinder. I'm exhausted and lonely. What should I do? How can I stop worrying about the pandemic? You know, those are the kind of questions that we're hearing right now. Those are the things. It's not just, where can I find a job? How can I expand my business? How can I get more Facebook likes or increase my blog subscribers? Yeah, we get those too, but we're getting a lot of these that are more subtle, more kind of basic life issues. I want to just unpack a couple short thoughts to prompt your thinking today, and we'll wrap it up. This being a week of of Christmas, actually we'll be releasing this podcast on the day of Christmas, but it should be a time where We're not just forging ahead, but a time of reflection, introspection, sharing, loving more. And I want to tell you, too, the 10 characteristics of people who end up rich. I want to kind of implant that in your mind as we just get ready for the new year. Now, the quotation for today comes from Hevis, and I'll tell you who that is here in a little bit. But the quotation is this, fear is the cheapest room in the house, I would like to see you living in better conditions. Now, that was from the Persian poet, Hafez. And he was he lived a very long time ago, born in 1315, died in 1390. But he was well known as a Persian poet. And a lot of Persian people still use his poems. They memorize his poems, use them as proverbs and sayings. And this is probably one of the more famous ones. Fear is the cheapest room in the house. I would like to see you living in better conditions. I love that. There's more to the poem. You can go look it up if you want to see the entire poem. But uh, this is a guy who wrote poems. That's what he did. Now, I know a lot of you are artists. A lot of you would love to uh, be able to just move into your art, be that your singing, your writing, your poetry, whatever it is that you consider your art. And back then, a lot of people had patrons, which means that other people who valued their work, supported them. It's not as popular today 
as a method of making a living. But there are still people, I mean, I've heard people try to make a case for that. We have Patreon, Patreon, you've probably heard of, as a way that uh, people often put out there to, to, instead of having sponsors for their podcast, as an example, they use Patreon, where people can make donations. And it comes from the same word, patron. But um, that's the way that this author, this poet, was supported, and his works are still alive today. Well, our resource for today... I just want to recommend that you go to 48days.com reading. If there's any one thing that opened up my window of opportunity, it's been the books that I've read as a, as a little kid. And then as a teenager, you know, going through college, it was the books that I was reading that expanded my horizon. I hope that you avail yourself of that opportunity. You know, go to 48days.com slash reading, choose five books that you're going to read next year. You don't have to read 60. You don't have to read 20. If you read five, it can transform your success. So just go there, choose. If there are others that you want, I mean, that's fine. Choose your own. But I've got some suggested and why I've suggested them. So just again, 48days.com slash reading. I mean, just a free list that I've got just to encourage you in your own reading. Now, I want to present you again. I've talked about this before. I have these 10 characteristics of people who end up rich. This, this is not scientifically derived. They're just characteristics that I've observed over time. And I share with you these 10, just as a kind of a reminder. We'll maybe wrap it up at the end by going through these again. Number one, they expect success. Number two, create a clear plan. Number three, work hard. Number four, avoid debt. Number five, be teachable and a lifelong learner. Number six, exercise self-control, persistence, and delayed gratification. Number seven, accept personal responsibility. Number eight, keep good company. Number nine, remain opportunity conscious. And number 10, enjoy the present but plan for the future. I'll put those in the show notes. If you just go to 48days.com, click on a podcast, Look at the link for today's show. You'll see that list of 10 that I've got there. And I hope it encourages you. You know, when we talk about fear, again, fear is the cheapest room in the house. I'd like to see you living in better conditions. I mean, fear is going to be a part, especially with the things that we're dealing with right now, that we've been dealing with this year. Sure, it produces fear, and rightfully so. But we have to keep that fear in in a small room at our house. You know, Brene Brown talks about it. If you have fear in your car, yeah, that's okay. It can be a passenger. Keep it in a back seat. Don't ever let, give it a chance to grab the steering wheel. That's different. So it's not a matter of eliminating fear. Our friend Ruth Sukup has a book, you know, Do It Scared. You know, we've gone through the principles in there. You can have fear in your life. That's reasonable. It would be unreasonable to not have any with some of the things that are going on right now. But we can keep it in a very tiny room in our house or in a basement and in the backseat of your car. So you want to put it somewhere where it's not ruling your life, your decisions, your mindset, and how you connect with others in the world today. One of the old books that I have is Gary Sukov, The Seed of the Soul, written many years ago, and I, it's one of those that I go back to again and again and again. And in there, he talks about what we put out is what we get back. So if you want more love in the world, 
be more loving. If you want to see more kindness, focus your energy on empathy and compassion. Now, the counterpart of that is, if you're wondering why there are so many angry people in your life, look around you. Look around you and the other, look around in terms of who you have allowed to be in your life, who you're choosing to spend time with. But then also the more subtle thing is look inside your own heart and look for those seeds of resentment, unforgiveness, anger that you have as well that you haven't dealt with because they're likely to be there if those are the kind of people that you're spending your time with. Now, we all get these choices, and I don't want to make this seem like just some cheap, artificial, positive mental attitude. You know, I've been working on these principles that have guided my life for years and years and years. I think we we have the, the opportunity to design the future that we want, the opportunity to craft our own lives. I mean, that's not a burden. That's not something where we feel victimized, where we just accept what happens. No, it's a gift to be able to do so. And at the heart, and one of the things we talk about a lot in the 48 Days Eagles community is right mindset, right idea, right network. You choose those three things, you can achieve pretty much any kind of success that you want. So the first of those being, again, your mindset, your intention. What are you deciding now that you want next year to look like? And why? Look at your why. Joanna and I were having a conversation about this just yesterday. She's not sure right now her why for art. Now, in our previous house, we had a lot of space. We had extra buildings, so she could do a lot of art, put it on the walls. Well, we're in a smaller house at this point where we've just moved. We have pieces on the wall. The house is pretty well full. There's no why for creating more art, and she's not really motivated to just produce art to sell. So she's looking at the fact that she hasn't spent a lot of time in her art because she's not real clear on the why. We're going to go back and revisit. What is the why for doing that? I mean, I do the same thing with my with my books, my writing. I have to be real clear on my why. It's not just so I can just, you know, have fun putting words on paper. No, there's a why behind that. One of the um, messages that I've been impacted over the years with multiple places is how we use the words I am. Uh, Pastor Joel Osteen, you know, as I've heard him have a message on this. There's certainly a lot of others out there as well that have talked about the power of I am. It's a universal kind of principle. Whatever follows I am will determine what your experience will be. I mean, whatever follows I am really is a way that we're inviting that into our life. And Pastor Osteen says, you know, whatever follows I am will eventually find you. So if you say, I'm exhausted, I'm frustrated, I'm so busy, I'm lonely, I'm angry, I'm never happy, you're inviting more of that into your life. Now, the principle is to turn around what you're saying and invite what you want into your life. We're tempted just to say how we feel. You know, gee, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really tired today. I'm so worn out. Or I'm, I'm just not that talented. I'm not as smart as Bill Gates. What if you changed those statements? I am energetic. I'm full of life. I am ready to share with the world something that will make the world a better place. I'm generous. I'm getting approval from everyone around me. I mean, those are not just artificial, 
little semantics where you change the words. It's more than that. Those are real deep principles that can change the life that you're experiencing. Be clear about your intention. Control your mindset. Keep fear in the back seat. Watch what you say behind I am. Change your I am statements to things that you want to attract of more into your life, not less. Now, speaking of more, you know, there's so much going on right here at the end of the end of the year. Having been a tough year for a lot of people, people are struggling with, you know, how to handle Christmas. Do you just, just go out and, and borrow money to make Christmas phenomenal? Well, I think this is a great time and a great year to recognize that there's more to life than just accumulating stuff. Just having more is not really the indication of a life well-lived in any sense. I mean, having a bigger house, you can do that because you want to impress your neighbors. But if there's a clear why behind that, it can be because you want to have more room for the three children you just adopted. Again, coming back to what is your intention? What is your why behind these things? But be careful about just accumulating more as a signal to your neighbors or those around you, you know, that you're doing okay. No, more is not really an indicator of anything, except you've been willing to go out and you know, do that, however you've funded that. And Joanne had her birthday this week. Her birthday is the 22nd. She got hundreds and hundreds of well wishes and videos from people around the world. It was really magical to watch that. But yeah, we make a big deal out of celebrating her birthday because that being right before Christmas as a little girl, it was always kind of overshadowed. So I've always made a point of you know, celebrating her birthday. But here's the deal. You know what I got her for her birthday? I got her a magazine. I got her a card. I got her a magazine. It was. It's really about the life of Sean Connery. Sean Connery has always been kind of one of her movie heroes. So I got her a magazine, and I got her a little lavender eye pillow, a little lavender eye pillow that she can put on her eyes when she leans her head back in her chair when she's taking a break from her art, her writing. That was it. I mean, I probably spent 25 bucks. It's not a matter of having to go out and get some extravagant gift after all these years. That just doesn't connect with our way of creating a rich, full life for Christmas. For Christmas, I got her an ember mug. Last year, I got ember mugs for all the members of my mastermind, including myself. So she's admired mine. It's a mug that you sit on a coaster overnight And then the next morning, you can put your drink in it, and it stays warm for hours. stays whatever temperature you want. I control it from my phone. I control the temperature in my ember mug. But it's really kind of cool to be sitting at your desk, you know, three hours later and pick up your cup of tea. We're not coffee drinkers, but we drink tea, and it's still the same temperature. So instead of just automatically getting her one, although I've had mine for a year now, I got her one for Christmas. That was my major gift for her for Christmas. Cost $118. Now you may think, well, gee, you know, I probably got her a $10,000 ring. No, I got her that. That was my major gift. I got her a couple other little things. You know, we're going to have a kind of a quiet day. We've got some fun things that we're going to do with grandkids in the coming days. But it's not a matter of just forcing yourself to have more, bigger, and better Understand your why, and you can create the kind of life that you really want to have. Well, one other just short piece I want to share with you, and we're going to wrap it up. But just a reminder that uh, typically I'm working with real 
questions from you, the listeners. This week's a little different. We'll accumulate the questions, come back to those in the next week or so. Answer those. That's what I have based this show on. I love the opportunity. I consider it an honor to get your questions every week and send those in to askdan at 48days.com. Again, that's just a simple email address, askdan at 48days.com. Again, this is a tough time. I recognize that. I want to just wrap up with just a couple quick stories here. You know, in, the, in times of crisis like this, I mean, the world needs steady people who are strengthened by God's grace and their willingness to serve others. I mean, worry doesn't do anything but make us weaker and more susceptible to every outside force. I mean, Corey Ten Boom, along with a lot of other faithful from among the nations led courageously in the face of the Nazi fascism. It was, was it, it was a different kind of virus then, but imagine getting up with a fear of perhaps your life is going to be taken, not by a pandemic, but by those soldiers that might show up. But she reminded us then worry doesn't empty tomorrow, but sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Now back in AD, 249 to 262, Western civilization was devastated by one of the deadliest pandemics in its history. The city of Rome was said to have lost an estimated 5,000 people a day at the height of the outbreak. One of the eyewitnesses was Bishop Dionysus of Alexandria. He said other people would not think this a time for festival. Talking about the epidemic. He says, but far from being a time of distress, it's a time of unimaginable joy. Now, surely he was not celebrating the death and suffering that accompany epidemics or pandemics like we're experiencing now. Rather, he was celebrating the opportunity such circumstances present for living out who we really are, what we believe, what our values are, our faith. And the joy doesn't come from hunkering down and protecting ourselves, but from seeing the opportunity to go out of our way to love and serve our neighbors, spreading hope where others are incapacitated by fear. So prayer-powered confidence, compassion, selflessness should mark how we respond to this coronavirus. Now, throughout history, people of faith have always stood out because they're willing to help the sick even during plagues, pandemics, economic catastrophes, and dangers of war. So perhaps rather than asking, how do I stay healthy? We should be asking, how can I help the sick? How can I help someone who just lost their job? How can I help that single mom who's struggling to care for her kids who are now out of school? Just yesterday, Joy and I were in our car and There's a gentleman, you know, probably 55, 60 years old, standing at one of the intersections with a little sign. And I thought, what would have to happen in your life to get you into that position that you were so desperate that you stand on a street corner and just beg for handouts from people? I mean, I can't imagine that kind of pain to get you to that place. But I want to be quick to help and slower to just hide out and isolate at a time like this. There was a piece from C.S. Lewis that I reviewed recently, the English theologian. And here's the last section of that piece. He says, this is the first point to be made. And the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. 
if we're all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, now you can substitute in there the pandemic, but this is what he said about the threat of bombs. If we're all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies, but they need not dominate our minds. That's against C.S. Lewis on Unliving in an Atomic Age that he wrote back in 1948. So people have always been threatened by something that's going on. This time is not that much different historically. So we can choose our response and we can learn from those previous in history who have displayed how they responded in times of fear, times of pandemics, epidemics, dangers of war, all those kind of things. I mean, I pray that we can continue to be salt and light to a frightened world forever. So, hey, let's just wrap it up with this. Let's just, I encourage you to start reading. Again, reading has been my escape, my way, my way to escape the, the dangers, the fears, the worries of people around me. Find those books that inspire you, that call you to a higher self, call you to more optimism, more hope, more confidence. Wow, that's really one of the definitions of being spiritual is just that you're able to see hope. I mean, not just an artificial, but real hope, anticipation of what's going to come. So choose five books, go deep in 2021, books that you choose to read. Again, you can go to my list, 48days.com slash reading, and find some that you might find that'll fit in where you want to go, what you want to accomplish, books that have certainly inspired me and led me over the years. Again, I'm going to wrap up with our, well, let me just remind you of our Our quotation for today, uh, that being, fear is the cheapest room in the house. I would like to see you living in better conditions. I'm going to review again the 10 characteristics of people who end up rich. And it kind of encompasses some of what I've talked about here today. Number one, expect success. Create a clear plan. Work hard. Avoid debt. Be teachable and a lifelong learner. Exercise self-control, persistence, delayed gratification. Accept personal responsibility. Keep good company. Remain opportunity conscious and enjoy the present, but plan for the future. Hey, thanks for being part of this community. Thanks for being a regular listener. Uh, We appreciate your connection, sharing the word with others, sharing the principles, not just sharing uh, more numbers. Of course, I appreciate that as well, but sharing the principles. Those are the stories that I really enjoy, how somebody's life was transformed because they changed their thinking, changed their actions, changed their life. So thanks for being part of this growing community where we know without any doubt that we can, in fact, find or create work and a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Have
yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. Christmas now. 